You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Racehorse or workhorse between the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby, there's no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of and win cash at mybookie.ag. Predict who will go first or last in the NFL draft and everything in between. Will it be Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson to the Jags? If you've got a feeling, you can cash in on this and make much more money at mybookie. And make sure you hit up the website May 1st for some freebies because they're celebrating the 2021 Kentucky Derby with a host of free games games, spins, and chips available throughout the day in the MyBookie Casino. Whether you're looking for a legit blackjack experience fit with live dealers or just looking to bet on the next big event, there's only one place to do it. That's MyBookie. Sign up now with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code ZABE to get your free deposit and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere and get paid with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, Aaron Rodgers let it be known. He wants out. What are the Packers' options at this point? Hint, they're all bad. NFL draft round one, or at least as much as I could stay up for. All the trades, nuggets, sound bites, and more. Plus, feedback on my guests on this podcast, Arona Roundup, Robot Dogs, and the greatest Sopranos football-related bite ever. Your bonus, uncensored, sometimes naughty version of little old me is locked and loaded. So buckle the fuck up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Friday, April 30th, 2021. And here we are with the chilling thought of the great Aaron Charles Rogers having played his last game in green and gold. It sits deep in the bones, doesn't it, kids, of every Packer fan in Packer Nation? It's hard to believe. Maybe there's a way out. Maybe there'll be clarification on Friday. Perhaps a smoothing of feelings. Maybe more money in Aaron's bank account. A wide receiver under the tree in round one. By the way, today's filming of the Zabecast was too early to be including of the Packers' 29th overall pick, which would have happened about fucking midnight. By the way, first pick in the NFL draft, 8.26 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Go fuck yourself, NFL. Gotta be earlier than that. 8.01 at the latest for the first one, and let's go. Don't give the first pick in the draft an extra 15 or 10 minutes. Put them on the clock as soon as the season's over. 
Put that clock on NFL.com, including months, weeks, days, minutes, seconds, microseconds, and then go, just go with it. Microsecond? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, back to the pack and back to Rodgers. Reports early in the day on Thursday had the Vikings, or excuse me, had the Vikings play-by-play man Paul Allen, not normally a hot take slinger, throw out there this report that the Niners made a run at Rodgers. The very franchise that Rodgers wanted to go to when he first came into the NFL, who he famously said, they're going to regret not drafting me more than I regret them not drafting me. They made a run at him, allegedly. And people were quick to go, oh, come on. Really? But then by mid-afternoon, kaboom, there it was. I'll never forget where I was when I first heard the news. My man, Mikey O'Neill, called me. I'm standing in the kitchen, just ready to get myself a cold drink of not Diet Coke, maybe. And he's like, did I interrupt you? And I'm like, no, what's the matter? Like, I got that feeling of, oh, shit, this has got to be bad news. You know, something personal, right? When one of your friends calls you and says, did I catch you, uh, you know, in the middle of something? I'm like, no, what? He goes, just came out. Aaron Rodgers, not happy, does not want to return to the organization. Reported by Adam, by Adam Schefter, it's legit. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What? And that's what started it all. Boom. Rocked the league just hours before the draft. They said several team executives, including Brian Gutekunst, traveled to California to see Rodgers try to get things back on track and could not get the job done. Then here was the full follow-up by I'm Adam Schefter on ESPN. Wait, was that Jeremy Schapp or Adam Schefter? I don't know. I'm Adam Schefter, and I talk like this. The organization that he does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers. And this is an issue that has gone on throughout the course of the offseason, so much so that each of the Packers main individual decision makers, the president, Mark Murphy, the head coach, Matt LaFleur, the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, if each taken trips out west to go meet with Aaron Rodgers, to fly out and meet with him, to see if they could change his mind and convince him to come back to Green Bay, which he does not want to do at this point in time. But to date, Aaron Rodgers has not budged. And so we have a standoff here that nobody knows exactly where it's going. And thus, the 49ers called the Green Bay Packers last night, and the Packers said we're not trading him. And the Los Angeles Rams called in January before they traded for Matthew Stafford to see if they would trade him, and they were told no. And a short time ago, basically the general manager, Brian Gutekunst, issued this statement. As we've stated since the season ended, we are committed to Aaron in 2021 and beyond. Aaron has been a vital part of our success, and we look forward to competing for another championship with him leading our team. But the fact of the matter is, there are other members of the organization that don't know if and when Aaron Rodgers will show back up in Green Bay. He's going through a lot of change in his life right now. He's engaged to be married. He hosted Jeopardy during the offseason. Has a lot of hopes, a lot of different dreams, and I don't think he's particularly happy right now being in Green Bay. And I think this dates back, ironically enough, to the draft last year when not only did the Green Bay Packers draft a quarterback, but they traded up to draft a quarterback. And not only did they trade up 
to draft a quarterback, but they didn't tell him in advance that they were drafting a quarterback. And obviously, we've seen a lot of cryptic comments from Aaron Rodgers from the time the season ended to now. But it's a situation where essentially he's not happy in Green Bay. There is a standoff between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers that has gone on to now. And we don't know how this is going to wind up. Adam, it's absolutely remarkable. And to your point. So there you go. It's not ironic that it all began with the drafting of Jordan Love. It's a direct consequence of it. It was the ticking time bomb that many of us said, this is dumb. Stop playing. Well, you know, the time you want a quarterback is when you don't need one. Planning for the future. Going to stash him away? He'll play in a couple of years. All that did was piss Rodgers off. MVP season later, a contract that the Packers were holding on to because, hey, we were smart. We locked him up at a good rate years ago, and we still got years to go on it. Shouldn't we be rewarded for being thrifty? No, it's not how it works. The NFL is a TV show about quarterbacks. When you have arguably the best one right now, and I would say arguably because some would say Tom Brady is still that guy, but when you have one of those guys, you got to move them to the top of the pay scale, period. You just do. You can't rely on, well, he signed the deal. He's got to live up to it, and we were smart for negotiating it this way. You don't get to play that, not with a quarterback. Rodgers has options. Never back a man who has options into a corner if you need that man. The Packers and Goody and company have blown this one big time. There's no other way to put it. You can be unhappy with Rodgers. You can say, fuck him, get out. He's doing to us, if you're a Packer fan, you could say what Favre did to us. But it's different, though. The Pack never did anything like this to Favre. Favre just tormented them for year after year, saying, ah, I think I might retire, dangling it over their heads. And then the end, or- end run around his retirement and trade to the Jets, and then re-retirement, then popping up in Minnesota, and having two absolutely burn the house down good years, and almost a trip to the Super Bowl. The Packers thought, hey, we've seen this movie before. We'll do it again. We'll draft a guy, and we'll stash him. We'll let him learn. And then as soon as we're ready, we'll make a nice, easy transition to the new guy who will carry on for 15 years. Uh, Yeah, well, the other side of that equation is the ugly side. It's the side that Rodgers is playing out now. And don't think Rodgers wasn't paying attention at the time. Hell, Rodgers is thinking, you know, it'd be nice to be a one-team Hall of Famer, end my career here in Green Bay where the fans love me and I want a Super Bowl. But guess what? Life goes on once you leave. And as we saw with Favre, the team and the team management, team president, Mark Murphy, will work hard to bring you back into the fold. You know Aaron Rodgers knows, hey, it'll be ugly for a while, it'll be bitter, but guess what? I'll still be back here being entered into the ring of fame at some point, just like Favre was. So the skids have been greased for a while for this to happen, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy. They could have gone a different direction. I think it would have made a difference. I think it would have convinced Rodgers there is no greener grass on the other side. Just stay here. You got it all. 
But this is it. I'm sorry. It's over. Either Rodgers is happy and wants to retire a Packer or it's over. There is no middle ground. There's no sort of happy. There's no, okay, he's not happy, but he'll play one more year or two more years or he'll take more. I mean, it just, it's like love. You can't force him to play. He's got the leverage. Don't say, well, you know, he's going to lose all this money if he doesn't play, if he sits out. He'll do it. Don't think for a second he won't. Don't you think Aaron Rodgers has more money in the bank than Le'Veon Bell, who sat out, sat out an entire year? Don't think that Aaron Rodgers is uh, more grounded and has more options than Antonio Brown, who went completely batshine crazy? Of course he does. And I'm not even bringing in the possibility that he could get the job doing Jeopardy. Sounds stupid, right? Not that far-fetched. Besides, think about this. You're going to try to bully Rodgers into coming back if he's holding out for you all through the summer into a three-game losing streak, an 0-3 start with Jordan Love, and then go, okay, all right, Aaron, here. What do you want? We'll, we'll let you back. It, no, it's not going to get to this. You can't force him to play the team has no leverage. And don't say this as well. This is like Russell Wilson. He tried to do it. He didn't win. It's not. Wilson's younger. He's also one of the highest paid guys. Rodgers is not. Sorry, my voice is going. It's been a long night. And the Seahawks did nothing to provoke him like the Packers did to Rodgers. I mean, this is like they were begging for him to feel slighted. He's got a new age Hollywood woman whispering in his ear. Live your truth. Don't be afraid to explore new adventures, baby. I'll back you. The notion of, oh, well, there's this football team in the Midwest I play for. She doesn't give a shit. Listen, Yoko Ono is in Roger's ear. Big time. And it goes back to what I was saying for the better part of this year. Either you're in the Aaron Rodgers business or you're not. And I say... Rule number one, if you're in the Aaron Rodgers business, be all the way in the business. And I mean, move him up to the top of the pay scale at his position. Kiss his ass publicly. Bring him in privately and say, Aaron, what do you want to do in the first round? And if he says wide receiver, say, okay, let's let's watch film on these guys. Here's why we don't think this guy grades out as a one. Do you really want to trade up to get this guy? What about this option? Make him feel part of the process. And then don't draft his replacement and not tell him about it and have him have to deal with that fallout on the night of the draft when he's just trying to enjoy himself. Makes him look like a schmuck. Jesus, you would think this guy was more than just employee number 12, right? So my rule number one is if you're in the Aaron, Rod- if you're in the Aaron Rodgers business, be all in it. Be committed, top of the market, top pay, tra- get, get a wide receiver if he wants one. Don't draft a replacement for him now. That can worry about later. And count on him being great for four more years up until his early 40s. 42 is the new, or 45 is the new 42. And 42 is the new 38, which he is now. Rule number two is, if you're not in the Aaron Rodgers business fully to the hilt with him beyond happy and feeling a part of the organization's decision-making with the team, then guess what? Get out of the Aaron Rodgers business. Of course, rule 2B is uh, never get out of the Aaron Rodgers business. Ride this guy until he retires as a Packer. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. 
Got a star character in this TV show known as the NFL, a TV show about quarterbacks, and it looks like he is out the door. And guess what? When he's gone, you're fishing. Good luck. Teams wandered decades looking for a guy half this good. And just because they did it back-to-back doesn't mean shit. It's almost like the NBA has come to the NFL and the Packers just can't win this one. This is how Harden forced his way out of Houston. It's like how Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans. The biggest stars in sports today are now dictating their terms. They're leveraging all they have on their side of the ledger, including, most importantly, options and massive amounts of money. Plus, Rodgers is very smart. bit too smart at times, I think, for his own good, but he's very smart. And he was pissed. And guess what? Like Mr. Chow jumping out of the back of the trunk. Surprise! Hey, oh! Whoa! I'm with you! I'm with you! You gonna fuck on me? Nobody's gonna fuck on you! We're on your side! I hate Godzilla! <laughs> I hate him too! I hate him! He's destroying cities! Yeah. Please! Goody and the pack got too cute. They played too much of the long game. They bought into the we've done this before thing. And now it's going to kill him. Jesus H. Mary. For the record, there's never been an NFL MVP traded after winning the award in the previous season. The only MVPs not to return to their team in the season after winning the award. Man, my voice is bad. Were Norm Van Brocklin, uh, who retired after winning the MVP in 1960, and Jim Brown, who retired after winning the MVP in 65. Matt Schneidman, who covers the team for The Athletic, says for anyone confused as to why this is happening, this is what? happens when you trade up, trade up, I forgot, the trade up to draft a quarterback in the first round with four years left on Rodgers' contract. He did a pretty good job of biting his tongue for the past year. But now he can't, and now he won't. Ed Werder tweeted, I asked an NFL GM how he would expect the Packers to respond to Rodgers' discontent. Quote, they dig their feet in and make him play or be a game show host. That's a disaster. You don't win that way. And they're not going to. Ian Rappaport, speaking of game, game show hosts, according to Rappaport's sources, and I guess he covers game shows exto- extensively as well as the NFL, Rodgers really impressed the brass during his stint on Jeopardy. The belief is when they finish auditions, he'll be among those with a chance to get the gig full-time. Not sorted out yet, just job hosting is also a possibility. Andrew Brandt, the man who signed Aaron Rodgers back in the day as team executive for the Packers, said, I don't doubt Aaron is not happy. I do doubt the Packers will trade him. What about a trade? Well, if the Packers were to deal him before June 1, it would actually nip the team a little bit more in cap space. At $38.3 million, they're currently at 37.2 if he plays for them. So they would have to figure that out. It's doable, though. And if they wait until after June 1st to do it, they'd save $15 million. So they could easily get a trade in principle now and wait 30 days. I think it's happening. Sorry to say. All right. All right. Oh, God. Other draft notes. Well, it looks like Mac Jones is plummeting right now as I look at the screen and try to take a look at where he's at. Still not picked. We're at the 14th pick in the draft right now. It is 10-10 Eastern time. My voice is shot. I've got to go to bed to wake up to host the show tomorrow and talk about all this Aaron Rodgers stuff. So I'm doing the best I can tonight. 
one, two, three at quarterback, kind of as expected, with the wrinkle being San Francisco taking Trey Lance and not Mac Jones. Down the board goes Jones. Justin Fields goes to the Bears, who make a big move from 20 to 11 to take Fields at that spot. And here we go. Mac Jones, will he go in the first round now at this point? We shall see. Maybe the ESPN pundits can shut the fuck up now about how racist this league is, that Mac Jones, white guy, falling like a rock, and both Trey Lance and Justin Fields picked ahead of him. Maybe. Maybe not. There was a big wide receiver run early, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. By the way, Jalen Waddell's voice is very funny sounding. And then Devontae Smith a couple spots after that. I love how they're calling Devontae Smith the Slim Reaper. And I'm like, hey, that's Tarantula's nickname. Or, I mean, that's Kevin Durant's nickname. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. He doesn't like Slim Reaper. So he he has given that one back. Devontae Smith can now have it. The problem is the Eagles traded up to get him. And now he is a friggin' Philadelphia Eagle. I hate hate that. I like, I love, I love Devontae Smith. Now I got to root against him because he's part of the Savage Eagles. Patrick Sertan Jr., J.C. Horn, does it make you feel old saying, I remember Patrick Sertan's dad and Joe Horn with the cell phone in the goalposts. Man, time flies. By the way, did you like how Waddle bolted out of his family area after being picked? It was like, oh, that's my name. All the family members turned to put their arms out to hug him, kiss him, mama and sis and dad and uncle and auntie. And he just like sunglasses on turns. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. Does a couple bro hugs to fellow players in the back hallway area. And away they go. All the fucking masks are stupid as shit. They made everybody get vaccinated and tested just to be there. Yet still the masks. Of course, Goodell wasn't wearing one. They made Susie Culver still stand 10 feet away while interviewing the draft picks. So much for vaccinations. huh? What are, 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 Are the NFL vaccination deniers? So stupid. Goodell's chair was stupid. Goodell asking for more booze was stupid because, hey, we're going to have to step it up to maybe half-filled beer cans if you're going to be this. There you go. Come on. (laughs) Welcome to the 2021 NFL Draft. Come on! Come on, Cleveland! I didn't come out of my basement for nothing. Let's go! Come on! God, what what a talentless dick he is. It's just, it's hard for me to watch the draft because half of it is now is getting him over as the pseudo-face of the league. Ugh. In that chair. Somebody said, how many times do you think he's farted in that chair? And I added... And blamed it on the dog. Anyway, the draft is going on right now. I'm not going to have a full breakdown. As you can hear, my voice is on the edge of losing it. I got a ton to talk about. So I'll see you at 6 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time on 97.3 The Game. Look for it on your iHeart app. Type in 97.3 The Game. You'll hear my full take with my boys about the Aaron Rodgers situation, the NFL draft, and more. 
Racehorse or workhorse between the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby, there's no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of and win cash at mybookie.ag. Predict who will go first or last in the NFL draft and everything in between. Will it be Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson to the Jags? If you've got a feeling, you can cash in on this and make much more money at mybookie. And make sure you hit up the website May 1st for some freebies because they're celebrating the 2021 Kentucky Derby with a host of free games games, spins, and chips available throughout the day in the MyBookie Casino. Whether you're looking for a legit blackjack experience fit with live dealers or just looking to bet on the next big event, there's only one place to do it. That's MyBookie. Sign up now with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code ZABE to get your free deposit and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere and get paid with my bookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Let's turn to some non-NFL draft stuff. And this email is one that I am glad I got, even though it would maybe when I read it to you, you'll sound like, wow, that guy sounds like a dick. No, I'm glad I got it because I think it is important to discuss this. And I want more feedback from some of you because I want to stay in touch with you, my listeners and my loyal followers. And yes, my subscribers, even though this is a free edition. Because the product that I'm putting out here with this podcast is a product that can change, that I can shape in different ways. And I have chosen to go one direction with it, but I could always go in another direction 
depending on the feedback I get from people. So with that said as a preamble, I got this email from Jason. He writes to say, where's the Andy Solly podcast today? I thought that was the new Monday team. After hearing Scott and Solly last week, I thought you had finally come to your senses on your podcast. Ooh, here we go, as we like to say. Ooh, here we go. You've had mediocre guests and co-hosts for so long. I thought finally Andy, Scott, Solly, Sheehan, Galdi, just like the good old days. But no, you say you're still trying to fit in your awful guests. Ron Thomas, Mr. XJ, who is telling you these people are good? They are terrible, says Jason. Stick with the people you did radio with and were good with. Andy Scott, Solly, Sheehan, Galdi. Thanks, Jason. Okay, well couple things. I replied back and said, thank you, Jason. Scott and Solly are indeed scheduled for Thursday of this week. Not sure about a permanent day for them, but I'm working on it. I would like Andy and Galdi as a pairing as well in the future. And Sheehan will hopefully be part of my podcast as I am part of his. Sorry my guests are not to your liking, I write. It's not easy getting people in person and willing to do an hour of podcasting for no pay but I am certainly trying. Best, Steve. Jason replies by saying, Thanks. Glad to hear you're keeping Andy, Solly, Scott, Galdi, Sheehan, but they are all great because they are professional radio people. Why on earth, though, would you have those others on your show? It's beyond me. They are not professional radio guys. Aha. Let me pause Jason right there. That is true. They are not professionals. Something else is true. Had the industry not changed and had things not collapsed underneath our feet, I can assure you Andy, Scott, Solly, Galdi, Sheehan, and myself to a certain extent wouldn't need to be podcasting. That's the rub. And those guys are all doing their own thing. Andy is still working professionally in radio in a lesser role. Solly as well, but not, and Sheehan is as well, but Gawley and I and Scott, not as much as we once were. But the reason that I said, hey, I want to have some of my close friends who I think are smart and funny and know some things about some things, certain areas of expertise, whether it's Mr. X with gambling or Ron with golf and racing or whatever and college basketball or Jay with a variety of things, including hip-hop and popular culture and everything else. I said, in my mind, I said it would be fun to have a podcast where I can talk to these guys and shoot the shit and be honest without worrying about anything, just having like a normal conversation. I thought of the product of this podcast to be sort of like your eavesdropping on my phone calls with my friends. I know they're not professional radio guys, although Jay Cottrell is a former pro former producer and guy who's been on the air. Anyway, he says they're not professional radio guys. I know that. Mr. X, Ron Thomas, and Jay are all unlistenable. Okay, what about Charch? Charch is a professional radio guy. Okay, we'll put him in the mix. Is there anybody who's not a pro? You're like, I actually like that guy. Is a single person telling you they listen because those guys are on? As a matter of fact, yes. There are people who say... Jay is my favorite. There's some people that say, I can't listen. I skip right over. 
Same thing for every single guest I have. Except for a few exceptions, there's some on either side of every guest. He says, I'm sure many others don't listen when they're on because they are so bad. It's hard to get professionals to do your podcast for free. Oh, so I responded, again, it's hard to get pros to do your podcast for free. What part of that don't you understand? Mind you, one angle I could have gone with the podcast was to book as many bigger name guests, do what I like to call long line fishing, where I put out a request for somebody who is a fairly big name and I just let it sit and I wait and I keep checking in with their PR people. I keep checking in. Is there a chance I can get so-and-so? Is there a chance I can get so No, not this week. He's shooting a movie. He's doing this. Okay, just let me know. And keep those long lines out there in the water so eventually, bzz, you get one on the line. But I thought, there's so many podcasts doing that. And I don't have the power to get the biggest of big names that would wow people anyway. So what's the use? It's a lot of work for probably not the kind of podcast I want to do. So I don't do long line fishing for guests. I also don't like doing stuff over phone. And I don't like doing things over Zoom even less. Or I do, I like it even less. To me, these Zoom casts that are all over the place, especially during the pandemic, are god awful. You can have the best internet and the so-called best connection ever. It doesn't, to me, equate to face-to-face, person-to-person. That's why I've got the Mobile Strike Studio, which I'm now deploying more than ever, and I'm very happy to do so. But I, I, I could have gone that route, so I didn't. So I responded that saying, well, what part don't you understand? It's not easy to get these people who are doing their own thing and their actual pros on your podcast, especially on a weekly basis. Jay, uh, Jason said, I, I understand getting people on without paying them must be hard. I do. But I used to be a one percenter of yours. I listened to the morning show and your DC show every day for years. Yeah, that was a professional radio show bankrolled by a company who paid the salaries of all of us, including benefits, medical, 401k, and everything else, and paid for the electricity and the studio we were in. And there was infrastructure behind it. Just because you might have gotten it through a podcast interface doesn't mean it was a podcast. That was a professional product that was very expensive, comparatively speaking. Your chemistry with Andy Scott, Galdi, and Solly was perfect. Well, thank you. That's also due to years and years of work together. Then you started to do shows with inferior partners. I tried the Wisconsin show, but Josh is just insufferable, so I haven't listened to that at all. Well, okay, fine. Plus, if you're from D.C., you're not probably going to care about the stuff we talk about there. I like your podcast when it has your good guests or even a you by yourself. But when you do the podcast with people who are impossible to listen to, it hurts you because you alienate those of us who love you but can't stand your awful co-hosts. If you're getting feedback from listeners saying they like those guys, I'll admit I'm wrong. But I can't believe people are telling you they like the show better when those people are on. Okay. I said, all right, so alone is better than with a non-pro guest, which is what we've got today on the podcast. Yes, he says, I listened for you and over the years have loved your pro radio partners. He goes back, Scott, I think I got it by now. When you do your show alone, it's meh plus. Oh, well, that's not very encouraging. Why do I want to do the show if it's only going to be meh plus just by me alone? With your pro partners, it's great. Okay, good. 
With your non-pro partners, it is suck. Are there any other hosts who bring on their subpar friends to co-host the show with them? Look at Kevin Sheehan. He's got Cooley or Tom Lavero every day. That's it. He doesn't have his friends on. If he need be, he does it alone like his radio show. Well, some would say, but I'm getting tired of Cooley and Lovey and Cooley and Lovey and Cooley and Lovey. Or you might say, I like the familiarity. It's a pro and it's a pro. By the way, Cooley's not a radio pro and neither is Lovey. I mean, Lovey has done it for a number of years. I guess he's a pro by now, but he's a newspaper guy by trade. Anyway, he says they detract from the quality and your brand. That's what basement podcasters with 10 listeners do. They put their friends on the show. Well, I'm proud to say I don't podcast out of my basement. I'm here in my main office. And I've got more than 10 listeners. There's a reason none of those guys have ever been on the air except when you put them on. Okay. That is decent feedback. And I take all feedback. And there might be more people lurking out there like, finally, somebody emailed Zabe to let him know. These guys are no good. Don't have them on. Do the show yourself if you have to. Or there might be people going, no, 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 no. That guy doesn't get it. This podcast, as you try to say a lot, Zabe, is an alternative product. It's an additional product. It's a bonus podcast, a bonus product to your existing radio shows. And it does have guys who may not be famous or pros, but they're quirky and funny in their own right. And I like the fact that you mix them around. You've got your rotation of guys and yada, 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 yada. Or not. I don't know. If you have a way for me to pay somebody a full salary with benefits, that is a livable salary on a podcast. I mean, let me know. Some people have gotten big enough where they can do that. I'm sure Joe Rogan, and I'm sure, well, Rogan does it himself, but I'm sure Adam Carolla pays his people on his podcast, but I don't know what he's paying them. And I would be willing to bet you might be surprised at how little they actually make. I'm just saying. Something to think about, and I'm open to all the feedback you want. But that's the kind of exchange I will have with listeners and with one percenters or former one percenters to try to understand better where they're coming from. And I will try to be as thick-skinned as possible, which I think I have been. I think I've been fairly thick-skinned in this. So bring me your feedback. I'd love to hear it. Rona Roundup to end the week. So much stupid still out there rattling around. How about Biden's speech in front of a half-empty chamber on Capitol Hill? Biden no mask, but Pelosi and Kamala behind him masked. Or Kamala, excuse me. Biden outside talking about, they're like, why are you wearing a mask outside? Didn't the CDC just say you don't have to? And then there was this where he said he doesn't want to punish anybody. I'm not looking to punish anybody. (laughs) I'm not looking to punish anybody. Oh, thank you, Grandpa Joe. Viva Fry tweets, for anyone who's ever been punished, you know, this is exactly what they say before they punish you. I'm not looking to punish anybody. (laughs) Buck Sexton tweets, remember a year ago we thought COVID was considerably more lethal than we know it is today, it would have sounded absolutely nuts for anyone to demand that successfully vaccinated people would still have to live with lockdown restrictions and mask up. But 
here we are. Oh, people can't even remember the way we thought a year ago. And when you do jog your memory to think about it, you say to yourself, I can't believe we're here, in which we're swimming in vaccines that work beautifully, better than we could have thought, in absolutely astonishingly record time, and yet still, they're saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. The World Health Organization quietly erased nearly 70 years of accepted science on the concept of herd immunity. On their website, they used to have this under the question, what is herd immunity? Quote, when a population is either immune through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infection. That got changed in November. It read that as late as June of 2020. In November of 2020, it the same question in the same section of the World Health Organization was changed to read, herd immunity is a concept used for vaccination in which a population can be protected from a certain virus if a threshold of vaccination is reached. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. Well, that's quite the change, isn't it? 70 years of accepted science and terminology about something, and now it's been changed all of a sudden. Mark Changizi tweets, if Kevin Bacon were the only one who died of COVID, We'd all still claim to know someone who died of COVID. (laughs) Eric tweets, it doesn't take an expert, quote unquote, with seven acronyms after the name to look at a year's worth of data and see that lockdowns don't work, schools should be open, and the effectiveness of masks is wildly overblown. That and the vaccines are effective at preventing severe disease. You're right. You don't have to be an expert. You just have to be casually following along. Jordan Schachtel tweets, early on in the COVID mania, there was a mad rush to produce ventilators with bipartisan support. Oh, I remember. Because the science said we needed them. That stopped when it became clear that ventilators not only weren't needed, they were actually killing people. Think about this, he says, in the context of where we are right now. Alex Berenson, the devil who dares to point out certain inconvenient things about the virus or NPIs, or vaccines. And I'm not saying he's perfect or right all the time, but he is actually digging in on the vaccination data and the side effect profiles of all these vaccines, which are, for the most part, in the raw statistical sense, quite safe. But they are multiple times more dangerous, these vaccines, than other fully vetted, years-long developed clinically trial-tested vaccines. That's not even in question. They're multiple times more dangerous to certain groups. We're just finding this out now. And that is common sense because they didn't they didn't have time to do the proper trials on this. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get it. doesn't mean that it's not been an overall net benefit. But you got to be honest about, hey, the, these things are popping up some squirrely stuff that we're just now learning about. Anyway, Alex Berenson tweets, I don't think Americans realize how much of Europe and Canada have slid back into lockdown the last couple of months. We're incredibly lucky to have had Florida setting an example and making it impossible for the blue states to shut down again. Oh, don't be so fast. Even though Michigan did not shut down, when CDC Director Ms. Walensky said the only way to stop it is to shut it down. By the way, that comment 
gets graphed against the daily infections and the chart. Uh, There's a guy that keeps track of all these quotes from the doomsayers, and he plots arrows on the COVID curves on a chart, and he points right to when those things were said. She said that right at the peak of Michigan. Michigan has been on a boop straight down trend since she said that, and they did not shut down. But Oregon has gone backwards. They're shutting down restaurants again. Oregon, go figure. Then there's this. The CDC says they're only going to look at cases of vaccinated people getting infected with COVID when their PCR test is positive under 28 cycles. Oh, really? Because when it came to the entire length of the pandemic, in America at least, laboratories were using 35, 40, even 45 or more amplification cycles to determine, ding, positive test. And then putting you in a 14-day lockdown and contact tracing all your family and friends. So suddenly now, 28 is the magic number because they know. That live virus is not cultivated at 30 cycles or higher. That is science. Story came out about that back in August. And so now they're going to be, uh, they only want to look at reinfections of those who are vaccinated, which is still very, very rare, but they've lowered the bar of what counts as a reinfected person at 28 cycles. So in other words, going in to get the case numbers really high, 45. Going out. Eh, 28's good enough. Are you are you paying attention, people? Are you awake at this point? I hope so. The NYPD has sent Fido, the crime-fighting robot dog, back to the dog pound. Actually, the dog's name is Digidog. It was a robotic surveillance robot shaped like a dog that caused quite a bit of of controversy. As a pure mechanical creation, it's amazing. But as a way to conduct a civil society, it's a nightmare. It's dystopian. It's RoboCop merged with Minority Report with a little sprinkling of the new TV series Black Mirror. So this dog would woof woof crime going on here. And it was deployed in some of the projects in New York City. That predictably sparked a a backlash and got people to say, hey, what the hell is this? The racist New York PD robot dog. So officials then uh, started to look into it. They subpoenaed the police department to find out what does this thing cost? They found out that the Uh, Department had a $94,000 contract with the robot dog's maker, Boston Dynamics, and they have decided to go ahead and terminate that contract. Now, here's where it gets good. John Miller, the NYPD's deputy commissioner, didn't just say, yeah, you know what? We probably should have thought about this more. It, It was an idea that we didn't really fully vet out. We can understand why people were upset. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't take that tone. He took the other tone of blaming the citizens. It's their fault. You know why? He said people were improperly using the dog to fuel arguments about race and surveillance. Oh, it's the people's fault for fueling arguments about this. Get this quote. This is an all-timer. 
New York PD Deputy Commissioner, quote, people had figured out the catchphrases and the language to somehow make this digital dog evil. Oh, my God. So, in other words, catchphrases and language made it evil. No, no. A fucking robot patrolling human beings. Even if you've got the technology to do it in 2021, that is evil. It's not the catchphrases, and it's not the language being used to talk about it. Okay, quick, quick, quick. Few odds and ends before we're out of here for the week. Phil Mickelson has said he is unsure whether he'd accept a special invitation to this year's U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Technically a special exemption, not an invitation. That's, of course, Phil being Phil. He once famously skipped the U.S. Open to be at his daughter's graduation, something I thought was silly and showboating, but he did it because that's Phil being Phil. Now it's in his backyard at Torrey Pines, of course, where he has done quite well for a tournament that he would desperately love to win, although his game is not there, and he's being dangled a possible special exemption, and he's like, eh, I'm not so sure about it. That is classic Phil for you right there. Chef Andrew Gruel on Twitter says, there are no employees available in California. We are paying our dishwashers $21 an hour to start. The two main reasons people tell me they don't work or won't work, one, they're making enough on unemployment and would rather not, duh, or two, with schools closed, they simply can't pay someone to watch their kids. Ghislaine Maxwell, my girl, Jiz Max, pictured for the first time behind bars. With a bruise and a black eye and looking like a haggard old witch. She's had better days. I'll grant you that. Remember the girl who was known as Disaster Girl? If you don't, Google her. Disaster Girl. Zoe Roth is her name. And she's a she was a sweet little girl who was standing outside either her home or someone else's home in a nice suburban neighborhood as it was burning to the ground with fire engines and fire chiefs there, and somebody snapped a photo of her in the foreground, looking at the camera with a very creepy, almost evil smile, like, <laughs> look at it all burn. She just sold the non-fungible token or the original blockchain certified digital photograph of her in front of the burning house. Disaster girl for ready? 500 thousand dollars that is crazy they got lady gaga's alleged dog nappers arrested for attempted murder and robbery good for the lapd that took a while but they finally got him and thank god the dog walker lived to tell the tale bruce willis's police credentials from Die Hard just sold at auction I, I thought this would be a hell of a collectible. I mean, iconic movie, pretty badass. It's a cool thing. It's a New York police detective's badge and ID. Only $21,875. I would have thought it would have gone for quite a bit more than that. Dateline Billionaires owner Steve Cohen of the Mets has been having individual dinners 
at his Connecticut home with Mets players to learn, bond, and humanize their relationship. On the one hand, sounds perfectly reasonable. On the other hand, probably a recipe for disaster. You're the owner, bro. You're always going to be the owner. You can hire guys. You can fire guys. They come and they go. And not everybody is going to be able to be your friend. And then the the locker room and the clubhouse can be like, hey, you had dinner with the owner? I'm hitting 310 this month. Where's my fucking dinner? How come I don't have my new contract? And on and on. Seems like a good idea on paper that probably is a bad idea when you start to implement it. Conor McGregor bought the pub where he punched a man for refusing to do a shot of his shitty whiskey, Proper 12 Whiskey, and he immediately banned that guy, Desmond Nikio. Now, apparently, the Irishman is fired back saying, quote, I'm not really concerned because I probably wouldn't be going back to it now. I wouldn't be going back anyway. I wouldn't want to be spending money in his pub. So I didn't really make much of it. It's no skin off my nose. Really? Yeah, you're not going to win that one, Connor. You tried to buy him some of your shitty whiskey for free. He said no thanks. At that point, you lost. You had been faced as a high-profile celebrity. This guy said, your whiskey is shit. I don't want it, not even for free. Hugging in England may be allowed after June 21st. This is not from The Onion. It's a real headline. According to the PHE over there, the Public Health England and their recommendations, hugging may be allowed on June 21st. And then two quick Sopranos things. Number one, apparently there is a little piece of Sopranos-related film Akana that is stuck in a production can somewhere and has never been seen by the public. It might even come out, and it's got a sports angle to it as well. Pretty cool. Apparently, James Gandolfini was asked when LeBron was making his big decision, 2010, would you film a short little five-minute vignette of you and Edie Falco, a.k.a. uh, Mrs. Soprano, welcoming LeBron to New York and telling him where he can find a place to hang out and live? And they're like, he's never going to say yes to this. Shut up, TV. Thank you. Apparently, Gandolfini was said, yeah, we want to do this thing for LeBron as sort of a joke or as sort of a thing. Uh, he's like, who's LeBron? <laughs> was not a big sport. Not a sports fan, huh? Yeah. Not a sports fan, huh? Yeah, apparently not. But then he agreed to do it. And the producers was like, holy shit. He said yes. So they went ahead and shot it. Gandolfini apparently had a big beard at the time that he shot it because he had long since stopped doing the Sopranos. Sopranos was over by then. He was moving on to other projects. And... They were going to play it like he had a beard because he was in witness protection. Ooh, Tony Soprano's a rat. I can't believe it. But apparently this just came out on some podcast or something, and I'd love to see it. I don't know if it's ever going to shake free, but it was like a little five-minute short of Tony Soprano and Carmelo welcoming LeBron to New York saying, here's where you can hang out while you play for the Knicks. And then there's this. On draft night, no better piece of audio to play than this. From the Sopranos, Uncle Junior reminding Tony, his nephew, he never had the makings of a varsity athlete. So, Anthony, how'd you guys do against Del Bonton last season? Mm, not so good. We lost both times. 
the line coach. Star Ledger says Del Martin's gonna be even tougher this coming year with that Chinese kid. Your father never had the makings of a varsity athlete. Oh, what the... <laughs> what the hell's with you? What? what? It's not true. I let it in football. You never played college ball. College? Those guys from Seton Hall were seven feet tall, some of them. Took an academic leave anyway. <laughs> Small hands, that was your problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, Daddy always said that. That's not the point. What is it with you? By the way, I lettered in football? And then Seton Hall? Did they play foot? Do they play football? And who, seven foot tall, are they mixing basketball and football? With this obsession with this varsity crap. The other day you said it. And when I was a kid, you told the girl cousins the same thing. It was very hurtful. <laughs> Tony, relax. It's not a big deal. It's undermining. And it's the kind of stuff I'm teaching my kids not to do. So I don't want to hear it again. End of subject. Honey, pass me the record, please. Hello? In hey. here. Hey. Hi. Hi, sorry we're late. The Tappan Zee was a nightmare. Yeah, checking the trucks again. Well, sit down and dig into this medley of pastas that Janice whipped up. How you doing, Uncle June? I don't like tardiness. Let me unwrap these. This looks great. Thank you. So coming down, I heard on the radio, it looks like the Jets are going to grab that kid from Tulsa, that tight end. We still get those season tickets, big brother? All I know is you never had the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch! What? Did I just tell you not to say that again? Say what? You don't like the way I talk? Get out of my house. Oh, here we go, Tony. <laughs> now, Tony, shit. Get your coat. We're leaving. Uh, I don't have a coat. Well, then get moving, goddammit. Well, someone please tell me what's going on. It's my last Sunday dinner here. That's what's going on. And that was that. All right, that's a wrap for tonight. Wow, has the earth shook and moved in Packerland. I don't think there's any coming back from this. I think it is done. And I think it is going to suck. If you thought the Favre breakup was bad, this one is going to be worse. God help us all who root for the Packers to be a dominant football team because those days... I don't know if they're coming to an end, but they're in real peril right now. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of the draft. We'll see you back here fresh on Monday, hopefully with a professional guest to help me out. Charge said he is due to do Monday with me, so if that counts as a pro, get ready for Charge on Monday. Should be fun. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and we will see you Monday. Racehorse or workhorse between the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby, there's no shortage of odds, props, and horses to take advantage of and win cash at mybookie.ag. Predict who will go first or last in the NFL draft and everything in between. Will it be Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson to the Jags? If you've got a feeling, you can cash in on this and make much more money at mybookie. And make sure you hit up the website May 1st for some freebies because they're celebrating the 2021 Kentucky Derby with a host of free 
games, spins, and chips available throughout the day in the MyBookie Casino. Whether you're looking for a legit blackjack experience fit with live dealers or just looking to bet on the next big event, there's only one place to do it. That's my bookie. Sign up now with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code ZABE to get your free deposit and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and get paid with my bookie.